Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 128 today. Uh, we have Mike Brancatelli from the Mike Adelic podcast, and we're going to be doing a little bit of swap cast in here. And um, check out his podcast. I have the links down below the video. Uh, I also have his website down there. Check it out. And uh, what's going on, man? Glad to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Good. It was interesting. I <laughs> I first came across you. I think it was either on Twitter or I can't remember if it was on Twitter or um, maybe DMT World. And I'm like, oh shit! I'm like, that's a sick name. I'm like, I wish I would because <laughs> we have the same name. So I, I I was thinking, man, that's that's sick. Um, and then I looked at your logo. Like we had so many like similarity things. I never even heard of your. I actually was newer to podcast like a couple years ago when we started, but then. Um, I came across your thing. I'm like that. That's pretty sick, and uh, I liked a lot of the topics you were talking about. There's a lot of similarities and crossovers. So, uh, why don't you give people just a little bit of a uh, background on your podcast and kind of how you got into it? Yeah. Well, uh, I was forced into it by the CIA. They <laughs> they told me penetrate the psychedelic community and find out all the information you can about these kids hitting deemsters and all the wooks. No, uh, they, they, um, yeah, I, I, I just kind of, I started doing stand up comedy in New York and, uh, and I was podcasting with a friend of mine, Dave Smith, who's on a couple podcasts, Legion of Skanks. And, uh, part of the problem was the show that I did with him. And I just like, uh, you know, I was experimenting on my own with psychedelics, listening to a lot of McKenna, getting involved, doing the research and experimentation as you do. And was like, man, I got a, I just got a lot to say about this. Mm -hmm. And so I, I started it up at the end of 2016. Uh, and then I went and drank ayahuasca in the jungle, came back, went back again, lived there for a little while. And I've just been doing it ever since. I, I love to do it. I love meeting new people like like yourselves and and podcasting and talking and uh yeah just um it's uh it's been great it's probably the longest thing that i've ever committed to actually nice. <laughs> how long so, you been doing it for i think it's about three and a half years four years something like that yeah nice and yeah. you said you lived you lived in the amazon yeah for for a little while yeah about half of 2018 i i lived and worked at a ayahuasca center in the in the peruvian amazon yeah how was that experience like was that eye-opening in different ways or was it kind of what you expected meh it was all right yeah you know. no big deal no yeah it was it was great it was it was uh it was amazing i mean it was it was really i i wish i was still there in in a certain way because there's there's certain aspects of uh of the civilized world, if you will, I guess uh, the Western world, America, where where we live, that that you miss. Yeah. But it it was uh it was really it was really uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Um, now, you talk a lot about like cognitive liberty, and that seems to be like a, you know there's different people talking about that kind of stuff. I know like Hamilton Morris is a huge proponent of that. It's just this idea that 
you know, you can go skydiving, but you're not allowed to explore your own mind, you know? So, um, I think that's appealing to a lot of people that are into psychedelics because, um, anybody that's done them and uses them, you know, properly, I guess you could say, or with caution, um, I think they want to be able to just be free about it. And I think that that's something obviously that's been stigmatized for years of, um, not being legal and just, you know, what came out of the fifties and the sixties with all the testing and stuff. So, uh, what's your, what's your specific philosophy on it? You think people should just be able to do whatever they want as long as they're not har- harming anybody or. Yeah, pretty much. And you know, I mean, sky, yeah, we should ban skydiving now. You know, that's, <laughs> that's where I stand on that. No, it was interesting. It was, you know, I remember Michael Pollan, you know, he's such a big advocate of psychedelics and he wrote the book, how to change your mind really turned a lot of people on, you know, a lot of straight people. And do people still say that? That's like a sixties term. Like, <laughs> yeah, watch but, out, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, like a, a lot, just a lot of like uh, I guess psychedelic naive people or whatever people that have weren't exposed to that world. So I I, I think he did a, a great debt of service doing that. But then he like wrote this article about like, hey, slow down now. Like there hasn't been a lot of research that's done. It's like, dude, like this isn't this isn't what it's about, man. It's about freedom, you know. And uh, and yeah, I did this like mock. Uh, mocking him on a podcast on one of my Patreon episodes where I went through all the things that we haven't done more research on so that we should like ban them and stuff you know it's right. like man like st- staircases kill like 72,000 people every year did you know that we we haven't done enough research we start we better start you know doing more on staircases so you know i yeah like all joking aside though i think that really people should have the you you own your body you own your mind you own what's going on in here nobody else should lay claim to that as long as you're not infringing on anybody else's rights to do the same thing that you would like to do and you're not causing any harm, you should be able to do whatever you want. You should be able to drink heroin out of a fire hose if that's what you want to do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what are those yeah, countries right. where everything's yeah. legal? I think those kind of like isn't Switzerland or something fully legal with all drugs? Well, Portugal, Portugal has, uh, has, has a, a model, yeah, like a, a decrim model and a model for – getting people help like if someone does have a heroin problem that they actually put them through a program where they can help them and take care of them and it's they don't criminalize they don't make these people criminals which is i think really important uh is you know that's that's just a terrible thing to treat someone that way yeah Mm -hmm. well i mean we've talked about that obviously before um but uh let's keep it light tonight no harm reduction stuff tonight um but in terms of uh, your experiences and, and stuff, it, you know, I think what's interesting about doing podcasts and having these long form conversations is if you run a podcast, you get to talk to some of the people that you probably never thought you would have talked to, you know, reading their books or whatever the case may be. Um, have you had anybody on that was like a huge hero of yours or somebody that you're like, I can't believe I'm interviewing this person? Or is there somebody that you want to? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that. Two people that come to mind are Charles Eisenstein and uh, Christopher Ryan. Um, and I think uh, those two people for me are uh, real inspirations of mine. I, I, just, I really, uh, I really like the way that they think. I like their work. I love their their books. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been great uh, to get to pick their brain and and then you know also like become friends with them and 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 just be able to chat 
like whenever, uh, which is really awesome. Hmm. Uh, pretty surreal because I, I listened to, are you familiar with uh, Christopher Ryan? Yeah, he's been on Rogan. He wrote, what, uh, Civilized to Death and Sex at Dawn, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So I, he, he was just a guy that I, I listened to a lot of his, his show when I was in New York and walking during the day and mm-hmm. doing stand-up at night. And he would tell a lot of stories about traveling and psychedelics and just very good storyteller and and so it was uh it was pretty surreal to get to to meet him and and to have him on the show and then i did his show and um yeah it's it's pretty cool yeah that's awesome yeah i mean i've uh i like the episodes he did with tim and duncan trussell and rogan all at the same time those are pretty funny um but yeah he's a he seems to be an interesting guy um i don't necessarily agree with some of the philosophies of some of the stuff he says but that I, I, you know, I like listening to all different types of point points of view and just seeing, you know, and I think he makes a lot of good points though too, but, um, Oh yeah. I don't agree with everything he yeah, says either. Yeah. yeah. No, which but it's great. Which is great. Right. You get to hang out with people that you don't agree with and have some debate, some healthy debates sometimes too, which exactly. is nice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there should be more of that. Obviously we promote that kind of stuff too. Um, just trying to get at some sort of a uh, truth or maybe some common connection, you know? Um, so with the psychedelic stuff, like what's, what's been fascinating you lately? Like what's, is there any topic or any specific research that you've been paying attention to closely or? You know, I, I don't really pay too much attention to the research, um, okay. stuff. I mean, I, occasionally I, I, I take a peek at see kind of what's, what's going on and stuff. But, uh, I think, um, I think what what I'm really more interested in is the community that's that's being formed. The more and more that it seeps into the mainstream and the more and more people become aware of it, more people getting turned on, having experiences, talking about it, sharing and developing communities around it. Like I'm part of this community now called uh, Isolation Tank, which we do these live streams on Facebook every Friday night and it's a bunch of psychedelic people and you know, conscious people, whatever. And, uh, and it's just, it's great to see that, especially in this time with this fucking pandemic, uh, (laughs) you know, so it's, it's, it's good to, it's good. I like the, the bringing people together aspect of things. And, uh, and then I just do them myself. So I Mm. like to really, yeah, have my, have, have my experiences and, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you I, have a particular one that you enjoy. Do you have one that stands out as your favorite? Dif- different, different ones for different occasions. I think I, I yeah. like to, you know, ayahuasca and mushrooms. I I like going in and doing deep work and you know, like bigger doses and uh, LSD. I think is just great for having fun and and. I, you know, I mean, man, I would kill to be like at a, a show right now on a couple tabs or something. You know, like oh, it's yeah. just. It's fun. MDMA is great as well. Um, I love. I'm a big fan of ketamine. Um, I also use that in sort of a, a, a therapeutic way uh, as well. And um, yeah, I think uh, DMT. I'm not. I'm not huge on DMT because I. Uh, I'm, I'm too afraid that I'm gonna go over the edge a little bit with 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 already how I am. I I have a hard time conforming to the. Uh, normalcy of of this reality so dmt is a a scary one for me sometimes yeah i mean um (laughs) 
that was what the other thing I was going to ask you is, you know, we've been talking a lot about like the entities and there's people that see the entities, not just even on DMT, but other psychedelics as well. Um, what's your take on that? I mean, you talk to a lot of the same kind of people and you research and look at and read all certain, uh, kind of stuff we do. Do you think it's part of our subconscious or part of our own brain kind of speaking to us? Or do you think that there's something external, uh, going on? I, everything is a part of us. We're not separate from from anything. So we always bring something to the table. Uh, I like I like the way that Robert Anton Wilson talks about it, where he's, you know, he says, uh, you know, I was I he thought he was receiving transmissions from Sirius in, in mm. at some point in like the 1970s, and he went around asking different people. Like I asked a monk, and he told me this. I asked a priest, and he told me this. I asked. You know, some psychedelic hippie type people, and they said this, and then I went to this. Per- so everybody has their take on it, right? And right. I think that that I think that is the that colors the flavors of the experiences. And I like the magical, mythical storytelling aspect of it. And I I'm not too interested in a stagnant or static definition. Mm-hmm. You know, got it. Like, what? What is it? Well, I don't know. It's, it, it is what people say it is. Right. I suppose. Right. Well, yeah. It's both the McKenna's. You know, they both said, you know, if you're having the experience, it's real, whether it has some sort of um, implications in the real or non-altered state world. I mean, that's a different story. But um, yeah, yeah, I was just curious. self self-transforming <laughs> machine elves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it was weird. I was watching uh, this documentary on. Um, Ted Kaczynski, uh, the Unabomber on... Oh, yeah, one of my heroes. Yeah. Netflix. <laughs> he, his voice is almost identical to Terrence McKenna's. It's freaking creepy. The first time, I, I'm like, this is this sounds like Terrence McKenna talking right now. It's so creepy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love listening to uh, Terrence McKenna talk. Um, yeah. When you, uh, when you, you said you were into comedy, too. Now, um are you still doing comedy? Are you still part of that world or not really? Or I'm, I'm currently not, I'm like a lawyer that's currently not practicing right now. I'm on sabbatical. Uh, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't been on a, a stage in a, in a club in a, in a couple years, mainly because I, I, I went, I went backpacking around Southeast Asia and then I came home and I went to Peru. And so I've just, I haven't really been around and then since moving to Denver, but I really, I like the vehicle of the podcast mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've been doing some live events here in Denver that's kind of like a mashup of comedy and uh, philosophy and, and psychedelics and stuff and it called Mind Jams. It's, uh, that's cool. It was pretty fun. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was, it was cool. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and so that had to be put on pause because of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and um, yeah, so I, I, I like to infuse it into whatever I'm doing, you know, so uh, whatever it is, I just just that's just the nature of, of how I am. It's hard for me to really take anything too seriously. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, with all this going on, um, it does suck. But I mean, I've kind of just treated it like an opportunity to do other creative things that you might not have time for normally, like get get in more podcasts. You know, we did. We, for a while, we were doing three or four interviews a week, you know, and, um, oh, nice. Wow. You know, some of the, and it, the interesting thing is some of the people that, you know, you try and work around people's schedules, you know, we, we were trying to get Rick Strassman on and then we finally got him on and he had a, a bunch of time because of all this stuff going on. Same thing with, 
uh, Peter Sherstead and all these different people that, you know, they normally are professors and doing a lot of other stuff. So that's been kind of cool, you know, that way to, to talk to some of these people and at least make, you know, use of the time. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, you see right now, a lot of people are just aching to, to get back to some sort of normalcy, but it's, there's so much, you know, stuff Good going. to infuse the comedy though. And in this time, this time, yeah, it's, uh, Maurice is a big comedy buff i mean we grew up with comedy too that's why we, um i brought it up i mean i do you listen to a lot of comedy podcasts too or is it do you, do you... not really no. no no i don't i don't really listen to a lot of uh of podcasts so much anymore um i used to uh see i would rather do I'm that a... than watch tv now at this point i don't even i i would rather listen to like a, a decent conversation than watch you know some idiots on tv <laughs> to be honest yeah Totally. I mean, I haven't, I can't remember the last time I, I've actively watched television. Right. I mean, occasionally I'll, I'll watch a series or something uh, on Netflix or HBO or something like that. I mean, sure. I, I always, I, I like Rick and Morty. I watch that, uh, big fan of that show. And, yeah, that's um, a real mind melter. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I watched the midnight gospel. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I started watching that. I haven't finished it, but that's, that's pretty off the wall. That, that one, uh, it's <laughs> yeah. Duncan yeah. Trussell. It seems right show. up your alley with, uh, Oh, that's that's the Trussell one. Yeah, uh, the animation one. Stuff. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's it's like a heavy dose, you know. Like you you can. I for me, I, I could only take it in dosages. Like I, I had to. Yeah. Get two episodes. I it's it, I I don't think it's you're able to binge it. It's just so intense. And the the one guy started an offshoot, right? The one great. Now he's got a new show that just came out too. I think I don't know what it's called, but. Um, oh really? Uh, yeah, not yeah. I, I, the one guy. I don't know. I think it's the one guy that does the voices. I don't know. I have no idea, but um, there is a new one. I saw it on uh, Hulu or something. I um, but yeah, the, Rick and Morty's funny. I like how they implement a lot of like science and like quantum physics type things and just things that you wouldn't see in like a normal cartoon. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. Futurama was per, a little ahead of its time in terms of I lo- I love Futurama. I mean, I like The Simpsons too, but I think Futurama really really hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I've seen a couple of them. Maybe I'll dive back. Maybe I'll dive into that next because I never really dug in so much. But what I've seen, I've I've liked. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's some good stuff. Even if you go back and watch the older ones, it's not like oh, this is rough to watch. It's still pretty good. But um, yeah, uh, the comedy thing is um, is definitely picked up over the years, though. I mean, I remember, you know, obviously you watch Rogan, and then you get introduced to all these different people. But now it's like I watch Tiger Belly, which is Bobby Lee's. I think Bobby Lee's super funny he's one of the funniest people out there i'm surprised he doesn't even have a stand-up special but uh i like that one and i like um uh what's the uh the new one i actually i like santino's whiskey ginger oh yeah 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 yeah, he's good, yeah. yeah. so i mean I, I definitely love all those guys they they do good stuff I, I i like the new york guys too but it's like i like the legion of skank guys and like um uh um Who's the other guy? Uh, Mark Norman just came out with a new special today. That was. Super- oh, yeah. Mark Norman. It's lunch, baby. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm a programmed comedy robot. Yeah. He does talk Give like that. Give me a that. joke. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he is. He's he's like that. I I, uh, I used to uh, see him around a, a bunch in, in New York. And uh, um, yeah, the uh, Tim Dillon is a guy who's Dillon. cracking me up yeah. lately, man. And. Uh, yeah, he he's uh he's another New York guy and um yeah, he was on Rogan. Dude, I don't know, Rogan's like so, even like when Norman was on and wh- when T- Dylan was on like 
some of the jokes just fly over Rogan's head nowadays. Yeah. Like it's like he's not picking up on yeah, Joe. He's old. Getting old, Joe. Well, I just think he's got <laughs> his, he's got his hand in so many different things, you know, in terms of like he probably wants to spend a lot of time with his family and also do like the hunting thing and also do the MMA thing and also do God, you know, it's just at some point you're gonna I mean, we've all been there where we've extended ourselves so far that it's like something's well, you know, lacking. But, yeah, uh, but he's got all those clones, you know, him and Elon right. clone and peas. Yeah, Rogan, Rogan's probably got like 10 clones of him. So I don't know how he does all the shit that he does. It's crazy. Well, I think a lot of people, though, with the whole Rogan thing is, is that they liked it better when he was talking about pyramids and aliens and, you know, all that. And I loved it, too. That's how I got into his show, because yeah. that's what we talk about on our show. And that's actually yeah. that was how we got into it. Like, I'm like. I, I want to do a podcast, but I want to do it only on the topics that I like that like Rogan does or, you know, Duncan Trussell or all these different guys. No MMA. Like, yeah. Like just not right. No MMA. I like comedy. The- I like all that stuff, but I want to do just these interesting topics. The ones that I would only want to listen to. So that was kind of right. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, like 2014, 15, he would have like Graham Hancock and Rupert Shelton. Yeah. They would come on, blow your mind with right. some crazy shit. And yeah, that, that, those were fun. Yeah. He those started to turn. There's an interesting, I think there was like a one episode where I, I remember thinking he's starting to change his, his views, which was the Andrew wheel or, um, Oh, Andrew Weil. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Weil. Um, and it's just like, cause he was, Andrew Weil was talking about like, taking LSD when he was younger and possibly that helping the pigmentation so he could then get like tan because he never was able to get tan to that point until he had that experience or something along those lines and he thought that 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 you could do tests on this and then you just hear Rogan and he's like ah yeah what's your proof of that has this been scientifically you know proven or has this been peer-reviewed and stuff like that so um yeah, know. he's like he's shuffling through his notes that the CIA gave him. He's like, exactly. Uh, I was well, just hold on, let me. Controlled, uh, bro, we're not supposed to say that. Uh, <laughs> I uh, guy, Joe Rogan's infiltrated the. <laughs> but I, I do like like now he just seems like he has like a lot of his friends and comedy people on which I like too. But um, but yeah, that was kind of the catalyst was having all these interesting esoteric and psychedelic and ancient civilization and all that kind of, that was all my favorite, you know, stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, people get older, people change their mind. I mean, my personal, um, thoughts on life and point of view has definitely changed. Has yours since you've done your podcast in terms of talking with people and just changing your point of view on what's going on. Oh yeah. That's such a good point. Um, that's a, that's an important point actually that you just brought up, you know, that's people do change their views. And as you get older and things change in your life, you look at things differently. So yeah, I mean, that's probably what's going on with Joe. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I feel like I'm changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, you I, should I, be, that's the, pro- that's the progression of life. You should be, you know, moving forward, bettering yourself. Cause if you're stagnant, that's just death. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It is. I feel like it's, it's easy though to get stuck in those in those places sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think, you know, people like us are trying to constantly, you know, have conversations, learn new things, like, you know, keep moving and growing. Some people just get stuck and they're just like, they're 45, but they've, they're still 18, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, and the reason why I point that out is because like, okay, so I mean, I'm fascinated with like consciousness and, you know, free will, determinism, mind, matter, philosophy, like all those things. So when, 
you study those things, things that were kind of a mystery before were just you not knowing enough about certain topics. And to your point about what's going on in the DMT realm with the entities, does that matter if you're still having that experience? Well, I think for when you're trying to figure out your philosophy or how you approach life, I think it does matter to a certain point. So I said, yeah. you know, I always talk about like how when we started, the fringe was huge. You know, it's like, oh, this person could have built the pyramids or this, you know, but then you start to whittle it down. You start to do more research and things that were plausible before are no longer plausible, but maybe it opens up other doors that are smaller. So I keep saying like the more I research, the fringe gets smaller, but it's still real and it's still there. It's just not, you know, you can whittle out the BS. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It, 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 it the, you're right. It, it kind of, it shrinks in and you're able to kind of hone in and then you find something else within that mm-hmm. space that like mutates and pops out. And now there's like a whole new Rorschach painting in front of you. And you're like, Oh my God. All right. There's all this new stuff. Right. So yeah, it's like never ending, never ending trap doors and rabbit holes. And, uh, it's fun for sure. Yeah. Did you get into psychedelics at like an early age or like high school or like when did you first start experimenting? Yeah, high school. I mean, definitely. But I, I, you know, I, I didn't really understand what they were and they were just kind of drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, they were just like getting high, just getting fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of what they were a part of for me. So it wasn't until, um, later on in life that, that I started reading a little bit more and finding out the truth about it. Like you just said, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, uh, you know, you find out, oh, wait, they were testing this stuff at Harvard. Like, wait, this was invented by a, a, a well-respected chemist. Like this is, you know, you, you start finding out all these things and, and it, it lessened that sort of dare fear thing that, you know, we were exposed to as kids. And and and, um, I, and then I started doing them more of in, in more of an intentional way mm-hmm. and uh, with with more like reverence and respect for them. So, yeah, around like my 20s, that's that's when that happened. Uh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, if you do them in high school, they are, it's, I think most people have that experience where it's like, you're, for me, the first time I tried mushrooms, it was because I felt there was no peer pressure. I actually did it alone. I was able to get my, my hands on a couple G's and, um, I actually stayed the night at, uh, Maurice's house. Um, and I think we were like 15, maybe, I don't know. Um, and, uh, maybe 14 and, um, yeah, I just remember thinking like there's more to there's more than this. There's more to life, you know, that kind of a thing. There's like I want to, you know, see what's what's going on and um yeah, it just the first experience kind of changed my view on that. Now I wasn't mature enough to kind of put it into perspective, but I I did know that this was a powerful thing. This is not something that you just go to like a high school party and do, you know, you probably look like a weirdo unless everybody was doing it, you know. So um yeah, it's, yeah, it's a ama- it's a ama- it's amazing like what your life circumstances and conditions like led you to have that peak right. behind the the curtain, you know, at that age. I always I find it fascinating that you know, wh- how do we know how are we when are we ready to for that information to seep through? Are we ever ready? You know, for for me, I was just slamming all kinds of psychedelics <laughs> and drugs in my face and drinking beers. I, I wasn't ready to receive that message at that point. So it's interesting. It's I wonder like what life circumstances and what things that you were exposed to, uh, like what what was in your reality tunnel that was a- allowing that ex- uh, insight to to occur. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. Me and Michael were uh, we were reading the electric Kool Aid acid test. I think we were juniors. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but 
just reading something like that and seeing how these people were taking drug, well, taking LSD and then having this collective consciousness. We were also, you know, heavily into jam bands or, you know, improvisational rock and roll and getting together in that atmosphere and kind of feeling that collective consciousness. So we knew there was something there. We knew there was something true to this whole taking a substance and leaving your norm. But then it took a while to really understand what truly that was. So Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think um, the interesting thing about that is we did have kind of like a an earlier like a like a knowledge of kind of like this like counterculture thing at that age where you don't really I don't most people we talked to just took these things as drugs, but we were you know like we're into jam bands, we were musicians, we're into Fish, Grateful Dead, so there's this like this like almost like esoteric or occult nature to it. Um, mm-hmm. that we were aware mm-hmm. yeah. of, you know, reading, like he said, electroquid acid test and fear and loathing and like all these different counterculture and psychedelic books. Um, and, um, even the people that we were listening to, you know, like fish and even fish, like Oysterhead, the band, they talking about John C. Lilly and in, in songs. So it's like, who's John C. Lilly? And we look it up like, holy shit. And, you know, like this is like the late nineties, early two thousands where there's not really a lot of stuff and there's no internet to connect with people about these kinds of things, you know? So, um, yeah, it's crazy to see how far things have come. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. How, yeah. So like, what was your roughly, how old are you? Are you, you're in your thirties, forties, early for thirties? Yeah. 30. I'm yeah. in my thirties. Yeah. yeah. 30 of 35. Yeah. Same here. We're beautiful. We're both Mike. We're both- <laughs> Uh, we're all the we're same both age. Italian, yeah. Um, but, there we go, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, so you have the almost the pretty pretty close perspective, except maybe growing up elsewhere um, of these things. So, what was your go to resource back in the day? Was it Irwoods, or what were you looking at to get your information? Well, uh, back when I was in like high school, yeah, like that, or did you not? Oh, oh dude, I wasn't. No, <laughs> I, I, I was. You know, yeah. I, I was learning uh, as he went. Yeah, I was just living like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> and, he was uh, Hunter S. Thompson, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I really, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have such a great home life. You know, it was there was a lot of trouble at home, and I, I didn't like school, so I, I, you know, I, I definitely medicated, I guess, in the way that I knew how, which was to go out, party, chase girls, do drugs, get fucked up, make people laugh, pull pranks, get into trouble. Just basically, yeah, just do a lot of crazy shit. And and that was my whole life was like, what am I doing this weekend? Or what, what am I doing tomorrow? I wasn't really interested in, I wasn't really interested in anything other than just like partying and having a good time. Mm-hmm. When I was, yeah, when I was in high school and pretty much like half of college. Yeah, I mean... It's 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 just weird. I mean, we because we have so many friends that went different ways that liked psychedelics and they got into harder stuff, or then, you know, that whole thing. And we actually have had a lot of friends that have been kind of, um, you know, at the mercy of the op- op- uh, opioid thing. But um, I'm sure you know people as well. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's you know I think that uh, when you look at the movement going on now, I think it's good because I mean with all the mental health stuff and all the addiction and PTSD and all these different things. Um, 
I think Maps just released something too. It said like they had like ninety percent success rate with MDMA and PTSD, um, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just crazy. It's just to think we always were would joke about like pot being legal now. Where I'm in Chicago or Illinois, it's legal. It's legal in Michigan. It's legal where you are in Denver. Um, well, they were the head of the head of the whole thing. Yeah, to t- yeah. to even think of that it was even possible back in the day. I mean, it was always like a pipe dream. You know, no pun intended. It was I think always... mushrooms are legal in Colorado, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're de- decriminalized. Yeah, so yeah, personal personal possession. You can grow them. You know, have your own personal amount, and uh, yeah, it's great. That's sweet. Yeah, it's it's fucking great. Actually, it was about this time last year when the initiative went through. We had a watch party for it, and uh, the initial results weren't looking good. And I remember we went up to we went out to like a somber lunch the next day with uh, Ryan Maneuver of uh, Decriminalized California. He was up here and a couple other people, and we were just like, "What are the next steps? Like, what are we gonna do?" And then like a bolt of lightning like the results came in and it passed like mm-hmm. midday because all the news outlets were reporting the first news was that it didn't pass and then it passed and it's been great i mean it's it's just a lot of people are learning how to grow my friend travis has this uh organization that he heads up called the denver um the uh the mushroom co-op the denver mushroom cooperative and uh you know um so people are learning how to to grow and cultivate and just it's it's really wonderful mm-hmm. good atmosphere here yeah beautiful yeah. yeah and it's just it's you know all these things um it's weird because there are a lot of people talking about these things but not to go back to rogan but you look at like all Joe Rogan has to do is have paul stamets on and then it's like everybody's talking about mushrooms which is awesome you know and i think that that's what these platforms are supposed to be used for is to get like unique and alternative ideas out there get people talking get people thinking and um let's push the ball you know down the field a little bit and see where it goes you know you can always pull things back if need be or it doesn't you know go the way we expect it or whatever but at least you got to try in my opinion oh yeah 100 percent. yeah definitely i mean that's that's what i love most about podcasts and uh, you know, YouTube channels and just anywhere anybody's creating anything where there isn't a gatekeeper or people telling you what you can and can't, you know, that kind of crap. I, I, I'm so that's, that's over with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, Rogan's done so much for like every, like everything, like where we are right now. It's amazing what his show has been able right. to do. Yeah. And even he still promotes all that stuff. Even like we said, we, he doesn't talk about a lot of that stuff. He still promotes those ideas and he still has all the psychedelic people on. But, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, when you look at like other topics as well, like consciousness and stuff like that. So do you think about those things? Cause you mentioned you're not really into like the, the research side of things necessarily, but like, um, when you have these crazy experiences, whether it's like mystical or something you can't explain, do you try and put it into like scientific terms ever, or is it just something like it is what it is kind of a thing? <laughs> I was just watching a, a comedian. I forget who it was the other day. It was like, it is what it is. Oh, <laughs> it was a Jerry's new Jerry Seinfeld special. I'm a, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. His his uh, his new specials not not so great, but he had a couple. Of <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's he's just this weird thing now where he's like, oh, everybody's we're worried about where the phone's going. Yeah, yeah it's a caricature is, of himself. It's, yeah, to- totally, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like he's doing him uh, an impression of him of Jimmy Fallon doing him. That's yeah. that's like it's a yeah. But uh but but 
but yeah, no, I, I, I do like to find out what is happening and like, you know, what the Beckley foundation is doing and Imperial college and Hopkins. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know a lot of people working in those spaces. And so it's, it's fascinating to always see what's happening there. But I think for myself, I, I like, I don't like to bring too much into my experience and I don't like to try and reduce it to too much, uh, uh, outside, uh, objective scientific material so, so, so much, you know, so, so I'll, I'll give you an example, I guess, like when I found out about ayahuasca, I found out through Rogan, I remember him having Aubrey Marcus on mm-hmm. and Aubrey's talking about these dragons and this thing <laughs> and these stuff. And it's like that sort of. In my opinion, I don't necessarily really tell too many stories on my show of the trips that I've had and stuff like that because I don't necessarily – I think it's 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 tricky because then you bring that into the experience and right. that sort of colors the experience and shapes the experience to, to be molded in somebody else's way or it sets you up for expectations like, man, I didn't see any dragons. Like this is bullshit, you know? Mm-hmm. All, I, all I got was like deep childhood trauma healing. Fucking bullshit, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> All I did was uncover the truth about why, where all my pain and suffering comes from, but I didn't see any elves. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, tr- but I, I like, uh, I like the, the model of, uh, yeah, I guess it would be Gabor Mate's model of compassionate inquiry, um, and a big proponent of the integration. There's a lot of great people that, that, that do work with that. And so, yeah, I guess if anything, I'm, I'm more inclined to go in a therapeutic mm-hmm. route, you know, than a scientific one, although they're kind of related, they, they kind of mingle. Um, but I always try and make sense of my experience in terms of what it means to me. You know, I think psychedelic experiences are very similar to dreams uh, you know, in, in a way where there's a, there's, there's things that are happening within our, in ourselves, how we perceive the world, you know, the, the sort of totality of our entire human experience comes together in symbolic and linguistic forms and colors and sounds and pictures. Uh, you know, as Campbell says, like a lot of, uh, the, the, the dreams that we have are, are conflicts of energy within the body. And so, you know, same thing with Carl Jung, who he got a lot of that stuff from, is, mm-hmm. is that it's trying to sort of interpret the symbols and the meaning. What does it mean to you? Mm-hmm. You know, what is what is the significance of this to you? And sometimes you don't know, and then you seek outside counsel. And and if the person's good, they allow that they allow you the space for that to unfold uh, and to come to life in your own understanding of it. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Well said, sir. Um, yeah, see, for me, it's different. I'm freaking plagued by this. Sh- I have this, like, um, do you, do you watch It's Always Sunny, uh, in Philadelphia or have you seen it? There's like an episode where Charlie's got this like board and he's trying to, he's putting all these pieces together. I feel like that's how my mind is where I'm always trying to like make connections and learn new things and try and like, what does that mean in the scheme of this and that? And, you know, all those, those kinds of things. So it's like, I can't, and you know, get out of that in my own head, but, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I used to I'm, be, and now I just fully, I just go, I don't even think our P brains can understand what this all is. So I'm just going to stop. I mean, yeah, that's a good <laughs> point of view, but, uh, what, but that's interesting. Like how you're saying, like, what does this mean in, in, rela- what did you say in relation to things? Like what? Yeah. What well, you- so like I consider myself like a big picture kind of a per, like I always look th- at things from like the bigger picture. So it's like, 
the reason why, you know, we don't on your podcast, you have more of like a defined theme throughout, you know, this cognitive liberty and psychedelics and stuff. Sometimes I feel like we're really scattered because we could do one episode on like ancient Greece philosophers and then the next one's on psychedelics and then the next one's on aliens. And then, you know, so it's like we're kind of all over the place. Um, and that's kind of how what's going on in my mind is like, how do these pieces fit together? And you mentioned young. There's a lot of that stuff having to do with young and even late in his um career life he's got into the whole ufo subject a little bit too um but you know it's just one of those things where it's like what do all these things you know what's the teleological point like how does this all fit together does it even fit together is this something that we created where purpose is a creation of mankind so maybe it doesn't necessarily mean anything but in a way it would still mean something because we're still here you're still living so it's you know there's a lot of contradictory thoughts even within you know those some of those <laughs> thoughts i sorry for the little rant there but yeah that's just kind of no yeah i'm glad i'm that's great i love i love what you're saying because that's that's i i'm i operate in a very similar way too yeah i i do and um and i think that uh that it's really it's fun and it's interesting to go and and try and connect connect dots and connect pieces and i love how you just brought up you know carl jung getting into the that ufo stuff i think one of i think his last book he published might have been on that Mm -hmm. uh i i I forget but uh uh, daniel pinchbeck wrote a book about the occult control system is what he called it Mm -hmm. uh his, his most recent book he brings up Jung and a lot of other interesting thinkers like rudolf steiner and gurdjieff and some other people that yeah that talking about these kind of uh the 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 ufo phenomena because i think it's a good thing to bring up you know because it's like is it real what is it what's going on people say similar to the psychedelic experience almost in a way you know and it it can be interpreted in that lens as well that it's just this kind of like psycho spiritual phenomena that is occurring in some strange way so i i love i love getting into that and then what, what does that mean and how does that how does that mold the current paradigm of thought and exploration right. in our in our time and what does it mean for who we are and why we're here so i love going down all those all those uh, rabbit holes i guess you know dare i say rabbit holes because you you can really you can really go down i mean there's been times where i've been on benders just reading and and looking at things and find you know i'm foaming at the mouth lying on the floor just like oh man it's illuminati it's <laughs> quaking yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, it's right now it's interesting. I mean, UFO Twitter has been on fire of the Pentagon acknowledging that those three videos are real. So it's like, what does that mean? You know, now, and we've got, I. it's not just that we, our last episode, we had Sean Cahill on who was an eyewitness. He was on the USS uh, Princeton, which was the, uh, the ship next to the USS Nemitz where all that stuff was going on. So, I mean, you know, it's not the videos, it's the eyewitness accounts. And so like, what does that all mean? I always thought all these things were consciousness related, but then it's like, you've get this FLIR radar image of these things now. So what does that mean if there's yeah, a some physical, kind of material uh, presence yeah, of these yeah. things? So I, I do find all that stuff interesting and what, you know, what you were talking about, like, what does that mean to us? I mean, I think it means a lot if we can figure out, um, even if we figure it out in our lifetimes in the next 20 years that we for sure are not alone. I mean, that's, is there a bigger paradigm shift that we can think of, you know? Um, so, I mean, I'm open to whatever. I just follow what I think is truth. So there's some days I believe in a lot of things, and then there's other days I believe in nothing, and it's all determinism. Yeah, and then I watch a show like, I don't know if you've seen it, but Devs, it's this new show on FX. 
fucking, I heard of it, yeah. fucking unbelievable. Everybody needs to go watch Devs. Um, it's on Hulu, um, but it's on you know it's on FX the the channel too. If you have cable, go watch the show. I mean, it's it's all about like determinism and free will and stuff like that. But it's just a, a fantastic show and it's well made. So highly recommend. Oh, Nick that. O- Nick Offerman's in it. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's the main main dude. Um, oh, nice. But yeah, uh, so what do you think, though, about the the whole UFO stuff? And I'm sure you've had weird experiences in psychedelic mode, too, where maybe you didn't see UFO, but maybe there's something like alien in nature. Do you believe um, that there is some sort of presence, whether it be interdimensional or from a different universe? Or do you think that that's all just part of this consciousness weirdness that we're trying to figure out? Well, I did see a I saw a UFO when I was 13. Okay. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, summer night, me and my friends playing basketball, like late into the night and standing on the edge of my friend's driveway, just hanging out. And someone noticed something in the sky and, uh, it looked like a star, but the way it moved, it was insane. I mean, I've never, you know, seen anything like that before in my life. It, it just kind of darted across the sky, stopped and like darted back, like extremely fast, stopped on a dime and made these zigzaggy type yeah. d- darts, and then it just pew, just vanished. That's just, crazy. Yeah. So what is? I don't know what what that is. Like, what is that? Is it like a collective? This was a, hallucination? You were in New York. Yeah, yeah. In this, in the suburbs of New York. So it is to me. It's an unidentified right object in this. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's this kind of like psychic phenomena of a Mm -hmm. collective consciousness that's like been primed and conditioned to see something and pattern recognition. And we're supposed to be alert for danger. So we project this, that, you know, whatever, or if it's actually little, you know, gray aliens, like in their ship popping in, or if it's a multidimensional sort of you know, we, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Or is but, it us from the future? We got to get them all out yeah. there. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it the Pleiadians coming here? Is it the yeah. reptilian? Who is it? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, totally. I, I believe, I believe that, uh, what is it? What does the Joker say in the dark night? He's like some, he's like when, when you, my father. Friend, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, he's like, things get, stranger like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. i forget the exact line but but yeah it's just like like reality like this is strange we live in a fucking strange place and so i'm yeah, willing don't to, you wake up you're like this is magic like we're living breathing like think about what we are we are the product of stars like we exist yeah. because stars exist we're dust we're cosmic dust that somehow came together in specific patterns and we're here, whether it's gravity that put us, you know, in these patterns or whatever that you want to say. But I mean, I'm just saying like, it's, that's when there's days where I'm feeling optimistic where I'm like, we're fucking magic, you know? Totally. And, and then yeah. there's days where it's like, we're just <laughs> fucking, sucks. we're just a pile of shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're, we're animals. <laughs> we're there, yeah, exactly. We're, we're no better than worms. We're just yeah. smart. But then look at what we, you know, like my wife and I earlier before we got on here, she wanted to start rewatching Chernobyl, uh, which we'd already seen once, but it was so good. She wanted to watch it again. Um, and if we're capable of splitting an atom, containing it, getting tons of energy from it, and then also, blowing this thing up and ruining ourselves too it's just like this we have this crazy power that 
I don't even think we know that we have. And I think that that's part of the problem is that we're not aware of our own, um, not even like footprint, but we're just like, we have, we wield so much more power than we think we do. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, no, totally. You're, you're right about that. It's, uh, are you familiar with the Fermi paradox? Yeah. 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 So that, that's what one of the, um, points that he makes is that it's like where is this intelligent life you know these stages of of uh beings like they either got to a point where they don't want to venture they got to a point where you know they you know but the one that it's like you you get to a point where you advance your technology so much but your sort of consciousness advancement is not matching it and you blow yourself you blow i mean every every empire that's existed has done that. They've like implode, collapsed from within, and and you know been dismantled from without. And it's just like that's what we do. We erect things, we build things, we create things, and then, you know. So maybe we're at an interesting stage right now where we have a choice to take a look around and say like, do we want to you know keep this game going, or? Well, here here it's funny that you say that because when all this stuff started to happen, it's like I I, I mean I can look. I can deal with it because, like I said, I'm a creative person. I can find ways to keep myself busy, you know, so it's not like, oh, you know, I don't, I'm not missing going to the office or I'm not missing doing what I was doing um, necessarily. But at the same time, you're right. It's, I was just thinking to myself, this is so fragile. Like the way that all these systems, it's like the food supply and then this and then the power supplies. And then you have to think about like all these different things. And each one has a severe effect on the other one, uh, or a massive effect. And it's, we're such a, it's just so fragile. It's more fragile than people think. And I think that you're right. We're at this stage where it's like, I mean, I, I, you know, looking at ancient civilizations, the Greek, you know, empire, the Roman empire, and just build these amazing, ways of life and then they find ways to just like kind of let it go and right now i think we have to fight to keep you know what we have pretty much going and i think that we're against a silent enemy that nobody understands and i think that you know we're in a tough spot as as as, um as people humans so i think that it's up to us now to kind of figure out this riddle you know, and, and keep it Icarus, moving. Icarus, bro. Icarus. Yeah, we might have, you know, with all this genetic engineering and CRISPR and all this stuff, I mean, we are flying pretty close to the sun. I mean, there's no way to even dispute that, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I think from, you know, the, be- the beginning of civilization, every person that's been attracted to power has wanted to reshape the world in their image and also, you know, defy god and or you know god whatever wanting you know defy mortality and and live on in 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 infamy in some sort of way and i think now maybe that that there's a possibility for people to to do that uh and yeah i think it all comes down to like what 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 do we want you know what what do we want to do, where are we going? What are we building? What are we trying to do? You know, all these fragile systems that you mentioned, they're all held together. They're all like they're, they're, they're concrete in the, in the fact in which they function and they manifest things in in the material world in which we live in, but they're all abstract in the sense that they're held together by belief, by our collective belief in them. You know, we, we believe these, these things, 
that you know believe in this way and in this way of doing things and these systems and uh yeah it's like douglas rushkoff he talks about how do we want to you know we don't want to be slaves to technology we we don't want to work for the machine we want the machine to work for us so we could be more human so that we could have the things that we've desired having since we came out of the caves mm -hmm. which is more efficient ways to do things more leisure time you know things like that and so yeah we have to like this is a great time i hope like for people to pause and reflect and say like where do we want to go and what do we want to do and why you know yeah and even you have uh, i forget the guy's name but the guy that wrote the book he's been on rogan too and just talking about how we're stuck in these jobs and that's the reason why there's so much depression it's like you're forced to go to the shitty job and listen to your boss talk a bunch of shit you know while you're just trying to do your job and make a living and just scrape by and that's why there's so many people depressed there's so many people unhappy because you're not living is it no hell noel harari oh harari yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 sapiens the, yeah, yeah or maybe is it that one or is it i always get there's another guy with like a similar name it could be the other book too where he's talking it could be sapiens i forget anyways um actually i've read say it's been a long time since i've uh, gotten into sapiens but uh so, yeah, it's just one of those things where, I don't know, I think that we're in uncharted territory and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where this all goes. I think if businesses are smart, you could cut the overhead by just having, if you can work from home, work from, from well, they home. Well, you already said that that's going to yeah, happen. But so. why, why not? Why sh isn't that the case already? I mean, like, that's just, it seems basic to me, you know, that that would be the option. I mean, if you can work remotely, do it. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I I would challenge the very notion of that particular kind of work to begin with anyway, right? It's mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah. I think that uh, a, a few of the, one of the authors I mentioned is Charles Eisenstein, who, who's written a lot of books that I like. One of them that comes to mind is uh, uh, The More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know Is Possible, and David Graeber, who wrote um, Bullshit Jobs. And, you know, it, it's... Uh, I think the reason why a lot of people are depressed and they and they feel you know there's like a lot of uh, disease and anxiety and things like that because we've we've disempowered ourselves a, a lot you know we we've given our our uh, power away to larger entities and institutions whether it be Amazon or your job or the government or the bank or whatever it is you know the the average person doesn't know how to really do basic kind of human things like mm. i mean i don't i don't know how to grow my own food mm. you know i i mean i don't you know so when shit hits the fan you know and people are scared they're they want to be taken care of but that sort of perpetuates this old system that i i kind of think has you know we've we, we've reached a point it's like do we want to be the ray kurzweil singularity um you know, matrix world, or do we want to maybe think of, of more of better ways where we can utilize technology and we can have all the cool things that we enjoy, throw out the things that we don't like, and then integrate some of the old sort of archaic revival notions into uh, a more harmonious existence that makes us feel good about being alive. You know, I think yeah. when, when you when you have a psychedelic experience, you know the the a lot of the common themes are like love and connection and oneness and diversity and novelty and color. It's like yeah, let's let's bring that into the world. You know, mm -hmm. the default mode network in the brain is quiet. It's making other parts of the brain talk to each other. Let's do that with with society. Let's quiet these default mode networks. Get people mingling and 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 re reclaiming 
their their humanity, what it means to be human. That that's that's sort of where I land with that. So I really would like to uh, reimagine all the kind of concepts in which we've we've built and that we've become used to. Sure. You know? Yeah, but I think though too is like that's why these pod- podcasting is important because you're having a long form, real conversation, and maybe we're not in the same exact place right now, but we're face to face. We're able to see each other and um, react to each other, and I think that that's what's getting lost more and more is this idea of sitting down and having a real conversation with somebody, and like you know, I think people miss that and they um, take it out you know, their frustrations on the fact that that doesn't exist anymore by going online and like talking shit to people and commenting and negative stuff. Even you mentioned love and psychedelics. I don't even think that those things go hand in hand. Do you know how many, I mean, pieces of shit I've seen on psychedelic forums. It's like, dude, you claim to have had like ego dissolving and, Oh dude, I know, you know, I've had so many great experiences and, Oh, I'm such a psychonaut, but then they like talk mad shit. It's like, you can't, you know, I'll see somebody post one thing and like how, how amazing their ego death was. And then they're talking shit to other people on, the ego. on other comments. So it's like, that's my biggest problem with that whole thing is I do think psychedelics might've even had a hand in like making us, self-aware and bringing introspection and like i gotta get my shit together you know even maybe whenever we first started doing them uh but i do think that there's some people that don't react that way to them for whatever reason oh yeah it's just a drug or it's just doing this and they don't care about other people regardless of and i guess that's fine too but um this idea that you can just take these things and then become like an enlightened nicer soul is you still have to do work on yourself you still have to understand your own mind you still have to understand yourself and i think that that's where a lot of this stuff gets gets and i i don't like to rant about it i do talk about it a lot but i'm just shocked every time i see that it's like if it's one thing if it's political you kind of expect that you know on political posts and people fighting you know with one another but it's another thing to see it in like psychedelic forums and stuff i just think we all just need to be a little bit nicer and if you think dmt entities are uh an external thing and some other guy thinks that it's an internal thing and it's just your brain chemistry or whatever have an honest conversation about it. there's no reason to call each other names or like shit on each other so yeah Pretty totally totally agree yeah totally agree with you yeah i thought when i first entered into the uh the psychedelic community whatever that is i i i that it would be everyone you know on the same page on the same wave yeah like we've left all the bullshit behind right. you know we're you know but yeah no matter like what, what does alan want to say wherever you go there you are you know it's like <laughs> yeah. you're you're there you are you're everywhere you go the you every situation you get into every organization every group of people there's always going to be the same group of people as the last place that you were at. You know, it's just we always bring. That's what we do. We we humans. We interpret things in different ways, and we feel really special and important about them. And we gotta convince other people. And yeah, um, yeah. But maybe it's just a gro- maybe it's a growing phase too. Maybe now, and especially now it that could we're be a nineteen-year-old kid. I don't know the age of some of these people. I'm just seeing what they. You know, they could be. You know. You're right. No, even even in the yeah, like like it could be young kids and things like that, but it could also be in the the sense of humanity in terms of where we are yeah, as a species. That's like true. this is the first time, as far as I know, as far as I'm aware of, in the history books and whatever, that uh, the 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 whole planet is connected and we we have internet and we can see and we can talk to each other and we can go on forums and shit on each other. Like <laughs> maybe this is just a it's a developmental stage in the in the collective as well, you know. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Yeah, maybe we're just shitty people. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is this whole thing. This whole phenomenon is new of being able to connect with people from across the world and listen to 
um, all these other viewpoints and stuff like that. So, I mean, you're getting a heavy dose of even a lot of stuff that you might disagree with. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand that, but I, again, it's just like, I don't know, man. I just see like a lot of like nonsense for no reason kind of stuff. And it's just, what, what are you doing? I mean, I I'm not going to lie back in the day when I was a little younger, I was more hardcore into sports than I am now. And I used to fight with people, you know, all oh, this team, you know, like, my team, you know, like that whole thing. And then I would write, rattle off all the stats and I'll do the whole thing. And it's just, I'm like, what am one day? I'm like, what am I doing? I don't even really, you know, whatever it is what it is. But I, I have a theory that that, that makes, the the game worth playing in a certain kind of way like i i i think that it's almost like that we live in this realm of duality exactly you know yeah. we 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 live in the, there's this great book I, I quote it often finite and infinite games by james p cars it's one of my favorite books and you know he says that there's 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 finite games where there's definitive a definitive start and a definitive end and there's a definitive winner and a definitive loser but there's the infinite game, which is the the game that keeps going. The point of 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 the game is to keep the game going. And the way that I interpret that is like living in the realm of duality in our in our lives right now. You know, we are bound by limitations. We're bound. Like I can't just get up and start flying right now, although that would be awesome. Um, but there's these limitations, and and games are fun because they have rules, borders, boundaries, and limitations. And it's fun to go up to the edge of those but to completely disregard them then you wind up in the sort of infinite formless realm which right. is great too but it's a, a con entirely different thing so i think like for the infinite game is like as a human species like let's let's continue this thing like let's see how far we can take it but within this there's all these little games that we can get into which kind of makes it interesting and fun. You know, for some people that's arguing on the internet. For some people it's rooting for a sports team. For some people, you know, I mean, it's just having like a vigorous debate with a friend or yeah, whatever. It's just weird, man, because I was like one of the most diehard. I mean, I could tell you everybody's stats in hockey, football, you know, basketball, baseball. I mean, pretty much I, I, that's all I did for a long Me too. time. And, and then yeah. uh, I'm just like, it actually when I started getting into all this stuff, I started to kind of wean out that stuff. I still watch my red wings, you know, they suck, but, um, yeah, you're, you're in a new game now. my friend. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can't just buy, you know, the Russian five and win multiple cups. You got to actually do a little bit of drafting now, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was obsessed with that stuff too, man. You know, like I was, I was a beer drinking Yankees fan, you know, it was fantasy football, fantasy sports. I knew all the stats. Yeah. Just, just, uh, now I'm not, you know, not so much. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. Um, it is interesting too, that I talked to a lot of people that have a kind of a similar path where they were like kind of passionate or into something before, and then they got kind of into these topics and then these topics kind well, of, these just, are more meaningful to you. Well, they're That's meaningful, all. but there's so much to unravel. You almost can never get through it all as where sports or whatever there's only so much to you're like when's the next game you know like because you're waiting yeah. for that next dopamine drip but you can create your own dopamine drip with these topics because you can literally sit there all day read new stuff esoteric stuff psychedelics whatever it is you can keep yeah. going deep on these topics so it's almost like an infinite um, right you know portal. yeah welcome to the welcome to the infinite game <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a new one it's like a new game it's like oh this game's fun right instead of a guy I, I, with I, a I, stick I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> a guy with a stick. Kevin yeah. likes those games. <laughs> that was great if like you smoked DMT and you just went in there and they were like playing baseball. It was just like they're like what? Is we got a stick and we're you know yeah. what, would would you do expect some profound thing to happen? Right. <laughs> that simple. Yeah, yeah. I lo- and I love I love talking I love talking about things in in the in in using the language of games and stories and uh, myths and 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 metaphors. I, I feel like that's to me that that's how I like to uh, that's how I like to 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 paint things. Sure. In that way. Yeah. Is there are any? Like, are you a big George? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, are you a big George Carlin fan? Oh yeah, I love George George Carlin. Yeah. 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 He's cool. He's awesome. Well, he—I mean, he's dead, but he's, he lives yeah. on. He lives yeah. on for the internet. Yeah. Uh, is there anything specific in terms of uh, when you're talking about these like myths? Is there like a specific myth or something that you kind of hold true to, or maybe some sort of ancient wisdom or story or something like that? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I—I I, I think that. Uh, I do, I do really like the, I do, I'd like, I, I, it's, it's, it's hard to, 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 to pick one, mm-hmm. but, um, I guess maybe what I'll say is that, uh, well, I love the, the, the myth of Prometheus stealing fire from the gods and bringing it to mankind. And, you know, even the, the, the biblical story of, of Lucifer and, 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 and that whole thing. And, uh, you know, I just, I just think that, um, these stories really help us understand, who we are and 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 how we think and what we feel for the times in which they are created uh you know i think that uh campbell was like a big proponent of saying that there's no unifying myth for our time now um so we have to kind of create a new one sure you know because the the myths of old were for those people in those places for that time to help inform them of the values and the morals of the society and the culture and you know it, I, I i like the i like creating I like the idea of of creating stories and and uh, giving images and, and characters to uh, to our place in in time. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, th- yeah, I think hero I think it's with helped. a thousand faces is actually pretty universal if you go through and look at it. Compare it to a lot of the mythology throughout our history. Yeah, the monomyth. I think that I mean that just that says a lot, you know. Is it is it uh Rupert Sheldrake's theory of morphic resonance mm. that is the reason why or is it the you know the just the, the kind of way that we are as human beings like that we develop these things that you know the fact that there's there's pyramids in Egypt and there's pyramids in Mexico and you know this this tribe had this you know myth oh, that, that's one, an accident, this. man. That's just because that was the easiest way to build pyramids is just one block at a time and then up because that's what archaeologists say so that's what we should just believe there you go now i, I mean let me just preface <laughs> I, I don't believe aliens built anything on, on the planet um because why would you build stuff out of even limestone or crude you know tooling marks and stuff like that if you were some badass alien you'd be laser cut and stuff it would be and while there's a lot of stuff that fits perfectly together i just the alien thing i don't believe in but i do believe that there are lost civilizations and stuff we just don't know about the ancient civilizations and their technology and and stuff like that that i wholeheartedly believe but yeah it's um yeah that's that's a fascinating one that we talk about a lot for sure is the whole megalithic structures and ancient civilizations and you know what were these people thinking about like what were they doing i mean i've never been to the great pyramid but 
it's on my bucket list and it's definitely um it's definitely one of the sicker things out there to see for sure yeah i'm i'm a little i had a uh, a very intense ayahuasca experience that uh uh was um in it took place in in egypt which was pretty pretty wild mm. so i'm and and, and scary uh, so i was uh yeah, I'm like a little I would love to go, but I'm a little worried of like what would happen if I went in yeah. some weird way. Yeah. If you have a we had a one of the listeners of our show um reached out and said the first time he didn't have any like knowledge of like Mayan stuff or anything like that, but the first time he smoked DMT, all he saw was like Mayan depictions and uh glyphs and all these like different, you know, iconography and shapes and and stuff. Have you um do you think that there's anything to that in terms of uh, somebody not being aware of like the civilization stuff, but then somehow smoking or take ingesting these drugs and then having, or these substances and then having these crazy experiences that, you know, have almost like a, um, you know, some sort of, uh, I don't even know, like an archetype experience or something like that. Yeah, totally. I've, it's happened to me a bunch. What do you yeah. what do you equate that to? Do you think? I th- think there's, you know, I I be- I think what I believe is that I've I've been here before, hmm. uh, and that maybe not me as who I am, but something soul or whatever um and uh yeah i think that there's there's something maybe that activates some dormant deep maybe deep in the dna or or something like that 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 activates and and comes out so i I think I'm I'm more inclined to go that route and the other route I would go which is not as sexy or cool is that uh to me at least uh which is um that these are just you know the the fact that we live these lives where we're so bombarded with all this stuff and we've taken in so much sensory input data and we can't make sense of it all so it's just hidden in the back of our subconscious somewhere and then it it comes to light because it's something that we saw on the x-files or something and it's like uh-huh. you know some some random thing that you just got a glance of and it's just all in the recesses of your mind and then it activates and that helps you make of something that you're personally working through or something so e- either or i'm more inclined to go the route of like maybe reincarnation soul's path uh living out different stories through time and things like that that sounds more interesting to me uh, yeah that does sound yeah, i like that what about i i thought a good experiment for that would be you know have like uh you know mimosa hostilis which is more you know um Mexico, South America, and then extract and then have those people test it. People, no people that have never maybe done it before. They just don't have knowledge of like Mesoamerican culture and stuff like that. And then have people do acacia DMT, you know, you know, over in that part of the world and see if there's a different archetypal experience. Maybe the compound itself has something embedded into it that projects or has some sort of element of what you're seeing based on, the genetics of the plan or something like that. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Like, uh, yeah. The uh, I think it's back to that like morphic resonance yeah, of the of yeah. the substance. So it's it's bringing in this kind of shared collective memory, and it's you know these things don't produce the effects that we experience them if we don't ingest them. So there's like some kind of symbiotic relationship that we have with them mm -hmm. that produces a, a particular kind of effect. So it, yeah, that's, that's interesting. It's uh, you know, we're bringing something to it. The plants bringing something to it. Yeah. I had an experience where I, I, I just started speaking in Sanskrit mm. and, and I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't, wasn't exposed to it. So uh, that was that was really interesting, um, and and I definitely am exposed to a lot of Egyptian type type uh, symbology and and stuff uh, in particularly in ayahuasca experiences. Mm. Uh, so I don't know, I I don't know, but I think all, uh, the the plant, the person, um, the atmosphere, the energy, the time, like I think it all has something to do with it. Yeah, sure. Mm. Obviously, I mean, what else would it be? <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Well, you know, you think about too, like epigenetics, like could it be somewhere down the line, your genetics have experienced something similar and that gets embedded into your memory or your genetic memory, something like that. I could see something like that playing out too. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That's a cool stuff to, you know, dive into with all these kinds of things. I mean, I think that um, when you look at where all this is going, I think it's heading in a direction where... Um, yeah, you have the medical research and then you have the people that are like moving legalization along. And then I mean, I look at ours as like, um, we're just trying to have intelligent, interesting conversations on these topics. And then hopefully people listen and become more interested in like the esoteric or mystical or even scientific. Circulate the mind. Yeah. The scientific nature of some of these things and it, it interests them to dig deeper. And, um, I, I think that that's you know, should be the goal with all this stuff too, is have all these different things working together. Yeah. Everybody plays a part, you know, I think that's, that's a uh, important part of the equation, you know, is, is, uh, you have all the elements that you talked about. Uh, uh, it's, they're all important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the great thing I like about, you know, what you guys are doing, what we do as podcasters is, is hopefully maybe someone gets exposed to this, that, would have never gotten exposed to it if they didn't stumble across what you were putting out, you know, at a, at a particular time or, you know, they knew I, I'm fascinated by this idea of, you know, like the reality bubbles that we live in and the reality, the reality tunnels that we create. So, you know, it, it kind of introducing something new into that equation, I think is great, you know, is, is, and then there's all the other aspects as you mentioned, which are all equally as important. Yeah. Hmm. So before we wrap it up here, what's, is there, um, so you do your your podcast like one uh, episode is an episode a week you do, yeah something like that. I usually do a bonus episode for Patreon, um, and then I'll do a regular episode released, and uh, hmm, yeah about once a week, and uh, yeah and then I do these new live shows now uh, that that yeah, started so going down. It. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, now, yeah, I was going to say, we actually have a comedy channel, too, Fat Earth Comedy, and we've been doing some podcasts while we've been in quarantine. Go check, out, his, go check out, if you like Tim Dillon stuff, you'll like, because it's like off, you know, it's very off the wall. It's, it's, if you're not, you know, if you're like light on the funny bone, I would not check it out. But if you're looking for some grotesque. Uh, we got some raps in there <laughs> and stuff, but you should pop in for one of our podcasts if you're down. I mean, it's I'm a lot. down. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'll get your information from Mike later. 
Nice. Yeah, uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's right up your alley. I mean, if you like all the stuff that you say you do, you'll definitely like their their channel and what they're doing. I actually, I actually don't. I I was lying. I don't. Like <laughs> well, it's a nice front. No, yeah. 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 No, I love it. I love off the walls. I love going going absurd and being crazy and and getting. Well, he yeah. does this thing where it's called Top Cities, um, and I don't know if you've been doing it. Obviously, with everything going on, I don't think you are, uh, but when he does these top city things, these people get pissed off in these cities. Cause it's like a, it's like, you know, check out this and it's showing like the worst features of each city, but it's supposed to be like, it's good, you know, almost like one of these travel montages that you see these people on Instagram put out. Yeah. Um, but it's like of a specific city and these people are really irritated. Cause yeah, the city I live in, uh, <laughs> the city council actually got a hold of this thing and they put it on Facebook. They're like, these people are, making fun of our town and we like the city is right next to detroit and it's right off of eight mile and the crime is just rampant I, everything i put in there is true and i show actual sites it's not like i'm like showing detroit and saying it's harper woods it's all actually from the city but yeah it caused quite the uproar um good good i, I mean that's what it's all about you know what i'm saying yeah, it's like the more the, uproar the, the better exactly exactly but yeah no i'm gonna check out your podcast i didn't really get a chance to michael I didn't. I didn't even know we had a guest coming on here until uh, yesterday. But I like your humor and stuff. I'm gonna check your stuff out and uh, leave cool, you some good comments yeah. and whatnot. Well, I, yeah, I'm glad that I, I like a good uh, when, when someone's surprised. Yeah, it's good. So yeah, we oh, only yeah, know yeah. one comic that from our area was just Dave Landau, right? Yeah, you ever heard of him? No. I think what's oh. he, what is he? He does stuff something with like Anthony. He does Kumina. that Anthony Kumi yeah. show, yeah, whatever his name is. Oh, Anthony, Q- oh Anthony Kumi, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't really. Yeah, play. he was like after Artie left, he uh, took it took over as the co-host. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm not familiar with him now. Are we like we went to like we were in high school with him at the same time and stuff? But yeah, oh, really? he's, uh, oh. yeah, he's pretty funny. He's been on like Last Comic Standing and stuff, and he's a pretty funny guy. I don't know if he's out in New York now or whatever, but how's the how's the comedy scene out in Colorado in Denver? So, uh, you know, there's there's some stuff going on. They they have one of the um, best comedy clubs I think in in the country. Uh, I know a lot of comics love coming to do the the Denver Comedy Works. Mm. Denver Comedy Works. It is. It's a nice club. I've been there, and and it's uh, it's like really they they make you put your cell phones in these like pouches when yeah. you come in so yeah. there's no distraction and just the way that it's set up you know you want to be in a dark room the light on the stage and you know it's 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 great and they they're uh I think they I've always heard have shop talk about rooms. that one because i think he's from that area yeah i mean he sucks but you know other <laughs> things, but, you know i i will say have you have you seen king of the steam podcast with theo vaughn i mean i don't know I, I, well i like theo dude I theo but the, they they make fun of each other the whole time it's it's actually pretty funny I, I theo is probably one of the funnier more unique comics that i've heard in a long time where he's got like a completely different style then you would, you know, I, I just don't know anybody that's that weird the way they talk. Like he's got yeah. the weirdest words. Like you would, you wouldn't expect people to use these kinds of words in the same sentence, but yeah, Theo's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yo, she was straight bobcatting you fool. It's <laughs> like, bobcat, what are you talking? And then he has Where a whole story about young and then there was a bobcat and you know, yeah. that's the whole back in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Theo's great. Yeah. Um, I saw I mean, comedy's hard. It's like, uh, with music, you could be you, you could probably you could hate classical music, but you could respect the music. With comedy, it's I mean we put a lot of our stuff up on Reddit, and some people enjoy it, and some people destroy you. It's just it's an interesting world out there. I'm sure the the stand up is even is even more brutal <laughs> at points. 
Well, yeah, Patrice O'Neill, one of my favorite comedians of all time, is dead now. But he, uh, you know, he said that if you're not making twenty percent of the room hate you, you're not, not doing it right. Mm-hmm. I think there's something to that, you know. Yeah, no, it's I a, like him. I like him a lot. You gotta, too. you gotta take risks, and you gotta be, you know, do what's original to you. And not everybody's gonna like that, you know. As uh, I think that otherwise, you wind up like Jimmy Fallon, you know. And uh, yeah. I don't really particularly think he's that funny, really. At no, least right no, now, no. he's not. Well, yeah. I'm not a, What's I, the deal? I can't. Yeah, I, can't I can't watch any like these late night talk shows or whatever. That's just all bullshit. bullshit yeah, they bullshit, just, bullshit. Uh, so boring. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They they have got no substance to them whatsoever. I actually saw. I haven't seen a live comedy show in a while. My wife and I went to go see Tom Segura last winter. Um, and it was like whatever his new special is the same material and it was pretty funny i mean i had a good time it was good content talk about theo he he was shitting on like louisiana half of half of the time and uh but yeah i mean it's just um i don't know man i think comedy is one of those things where it's like we need good comedy right now and we do have good comedy and it's i think it's lucky you know that we have all these podcasts and different things to get into and uh hopefully when the stuff blows over a little bit more. People can get back to going out to clubs and checking stuff out. Yeah, that there's there's a great energy about being out in you know in, in a live show. But you know, some people even are. I like their podcasting better than their oh, comedy. Oh yeah, for you sure. Know? I mean, when like I mean, Joey Diaz is a killer. I think you know, and and but his his podcast yeah, like moments, <laughs> his podcast moments are great. Like some people just have great podcast moments yeah. or. You know, they're they're able situational to, comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that there's there's so much craziness and you could get bogged down by the craziness and the seriousness of it all. But it really, I mean, it's all it's all absurd. I mean, what the <laughs> you know, it's it is. I mean so I mean life's absurd and you gotta laugh at it. If you can't do that, then you might as well if you can, yeah, if you can find the lighter side of things, I think you're gonna have a better experience in life. You know, and that's not to say that like you know, hey, hey, my dad just died. Ha <laughs> ha, fuck him. He's yeah, in the ground. It's yeah. like, you know, but 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 bring a sense of wit and whimsy and levity. Like I, I love Alan Watts. I'm a big fan of Alan Watts, and he he referred to himself as a stand-up philosopher. You know, because he he injected a lot of humor in into it. So I think anybody, even you know, people like spiritual teachers like Ram Dass and 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 people like that, anybody that can can really talk about serious things and 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 also bring a, a lightness and humor to it i think they're they're on the right track yeah. at least the one that i want to be on yeah would you did you ever watch that uh um what's it called with uh on um netflix wild wild country about the whole uh osho mm-hmm. dude that that's probably one of the best made documentaries I've seen in a long time. It was the Duplass brothers or whatever. Those guys can make a freaking documentary, man. That thing was, yeah. that was a badass. the music. I, I, that got me into a whole genre of music. Cause I'm into jam bands and stuff, but that, that soundtrack, I listen to that thing all the time. It's just like singer songwriter shit, but the, the music that they picked out for it's perfect. And the way the music hits on certain parts and stuff like that's just amazing. But what I was going to ask you, what was your take on that? Cause there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, Oh show. He's, the greatest and then there's people like oh this this guy's running a sex cult you know i i feel like you know there's maybe a little bit of both like yeah he had some ancient wisdom but he was also manipulating people doing his on his own trip you know yeah well it inspired me you know to start my own cult so you know i, I <laughs> well, learned a the lot Kool-Aid, bro let's get you know, going here do you what do you know, call what do you call is... your what do you call your, mem- <laughs> what do you call your members 
the Micadelites. Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. I think that uh, yeah, Abby. Everything's everything's a, a cult. Everything's a sex cult. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like but when you got everybody wearing the same things and people are plowing each other in the streets and no regard for any sort of. Uh, I mean, I don't. You know, I'm not. I don't, yeah, I the uniformity. Yeah, that's where that's where I draw the line. You gotta no, but I I think it's it it, it is interesting, right? Because I think it it paints this picture of I think with so many things that we've been talking about tonight, it's like there's a there's a general perception that. Mo- like most people and 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 I brought up stories like we want a a hero, a villain, we want an, a great ending, and we want to paint things in this black and white way in this good and bad way and I, I think it's always more complex than that oh, it's you know? always, there's always yeah. more nuance in that so that, that bring my uh, catchphrase out <laughs> yeah, do it yeah, yeah bring it out yeah the, the truth always lies somewhere in the middle. We did an episode on ancient Greece and I was talking about like Aristotelian philosophy and how Aristotle is always about the gray in the middle and it really sang to Maurice. <laughs> um, yeah. I have a but I, I, it is truth though. I mean, if you can go back and look at a lot of Aristotle's philosophies, I mean, they still hold true to this day. So, I mean, yeah, I think that, uh, there is the truth is somewhere in the middle, but I think that it's, it's us trying to connect it you know it's like what's the medium or what's the connecting you know there might not be an objective truth but objective truth would be us all kind of meeting in this this middle Mm. yeah well i mean that man imagine that that would be great like if we could if we could all meet in the in the middle ideally yeah i mean i'm saying like that would be the the yeah that, that that would be the ideal yeah and i i think that also it's it's like uh there's always these you know, whenever you have a, an intention for something, for example, like the Osho um, group, I'm sure that the intentions were probably good at the beginning, and then they get uh, hijacked and manip- you know, and mis- and, and interpreted and in different ways, and other people start making rules, and you know, there's just like, uh, chaos ensues. I always think of uh, I always think of like Apple. You know, when they first came out, they had this ad, 1984, we're taking down Big Brother, IBM, right. we're the little guy. Now they're the, that, that, now they've become that thing. Right. Like you either live long enough to be, be the hero or, or what is it? You either live long enough to see yourself, uh, uh, become the villain or you die a hero yeah. or whatever. I think I, I butchered that, but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I look at like the United States government, it's like, Hey, this was a great idea. Let's give States autonomy and we'll be this arbitrary. And it, now it's like, you know, I mean, we're far away from those principles. So yeah, well, we now it's an experiment, right? Things. Now everything that that's separated, now you're getting to see all that unfold. It's like some States want to open others are going to hold back and you know i guess it's almost like an experiment like anything else some states you know it's it's legal to smoke weed in other states you still go to jail you know so yeah um yeah it's it's crazy to, to think about but you're right i mean that even goes back to what you're saying with like you know plato said the only person you know qualified to be king is like a philosopher king like socrates because he knows what he doesn't know and there's a lot of people that know things or come off as knowing things but in reality what have they actually you know contributed or what have they actually thought out or are they just part of this mechanism that's gotten out of hand so um yeah i love that you brought that up man because i've i've recently come around more to that that plato uh that way of of thinking um because i used to be believe in in just anarchy and you know everybody everybody just make their own decisions and we don't need any you know 
leaders or whatever, but you do. You really do. You you need wise people. Sure. We we the people that are wise are the people that we look to, the people that you want to have on your podcast and mm -hmm. stuff. Like the people that we look up to, they're not these people that we uh, you know, cast into the political spectrum of things. You know, it's and it's also the people that would never want to be in those positions. They're you know, like like Rick Strassman. Like he he, he would. I don't think he would want to be president. You know, he'd be like, oh, dude, I, I want to do my research. Like, but he, I'm sure he's got some valuable wisdom. I'm sure that he could probably. Dude, he is Zen. From talking to him, I'm like the way he talks in his cadence. He's like, you feel like you're talking to like a Buddhist monk. Like that's he's, you know, that's just how he comes off. Right. Yeah. So we, in my opinion, it's like we need this like diverse group of people coming together from all walks of life, from all disciplines, from all, you know, areas to, you know, like make some kind of uh, a better world because mm -hmm. a, a lot of a lot of people, you know, you look at you look at politics and not to get into politics, but just everybody's a fucking lawyer. Mm -hmm. Every everyone's a lawyer, you know. It's like we have lawyers running the running the running the show, and you know how they are. They're swindlers and shysters. Yeah, yeah. Um, better call yeah. Saul, folks. <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. We'll have to find Saul out. Saul Good next man. Time. Oh yeah, nice. No, it's it's, it's Saul. Better call Saul's is Austin oh. show from uh, what Breaking Bad. It's Saul. Yeah, Good. better call Saul. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, watch the first season. It's uh. Dude, this latest season's pretty good. You should check it out for sure. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. We do need wiser people in charge. We don't ever talk about politics on our show because the whole philosophy of our show was when we started it was to get away from like, dude, Facebook and just like family members fighting and friends fighting and just, you know, when all this stuff went down, it's like you really get to see who people are and some people couldn't handle it and just like this whole, you know, and I know people think it's the end of the world, but we're all still here. And now we have to deal with a real problem that isn't who do you like better or whose policies or, you know, for the most part, day-to-day -day life's been pretty much, you know, the same. So when people freak out, it's, you know, it's this thing where it's like they're latching. They want that dopamine drip that we want on all these other topics that we're fascinated with. That's their dopamine drip is the politics. And it's, I think people just get sucked into it. It's like, pick up your phone what's on the news, what's on tw Twitter, on Facebook, and most of it's politics. So if that's what there is, that's you have all the people participating in that. So it's like, how do we get people away from that? Not to not talk about politics, but, but to talk about politics from more of like a philosophical and educational and intellectual standpoint where you're not just thinking in these binary terms, it's all either this way or that way. And if you don't believe this way, you gotta believe that way. And if you don't believe, you know, you're an asshole if you believe exactly. this. And, and I just think that, that was the whole point of us starting this was let's talk about ancient let's let's talk about the things that matter why are we here you know what do we yeah. know like what's the purpose you know like great yeah. that's that's what brings us all together right is just those topics it's not you know politics that definitely divides us all well yeah and I, I mean yeah it's it's i think that to circle back to maybe uh, something that we talked about in the beginning with uh, the research of psychedelics and the therapeutic and scientific uh, value of it and things like that is really, I think that a lot of what we see in the outside world is a projection of what is going on in our inside world. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people are, a lot of people have trauma. A lot mm -hmm. of people have, you know, there's a lot of problems within. And when we see something that we can, uh, you know, project that onto and attach onto, that 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 feels like 
we get now we have some kind of channel an outlet mm. some kind of purpose some kind of meaning and uh and so yeah maybe the key to sort of us getting together to be in this middle ground to talk intelligently and have healthy discourse and debate comes from more access to psychedelics and therapeutic um, more uh, alternative healing modalities mm -hmm. and getting people proper integration and, and therapy. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the whole, the whole world has PTSD, you know, is like yeah. you, you almost have to, it, to live in this crazy chaotic world that we have. So rather than maybe projecting and spewing all of our shit, we'll go inside. We'll figure we'll be able to come to the table a little bit more balanced. Maybe, maybe. Well, that's the hope, right? Or that's the goal. Um, that'd be nice. Yeah. It would be very nice. I think that let's let's shoot for that. You know, like I mean, it doesn't doesn't hurt, right? I mean, like I said, we can go down this path, and if something comes up and something's no bueno or part of it or one substance or whatever the case may be, you know, you figure it out and you you know you go from there. So I think that people are just scared of what they don't know, and this is something new, and you'll always have a little bit of a pushback. But we just got to keep having the conversations and, you know, let everybody play their part and let the, let the thing unfold. Yeah. Scared of, scared of themselves. Yeah. You know, really is, is that what, it, that's what it comes down to, you know, and I, I've been there. There's been, you know, I've, I've, I, I, there are parts of myself I didn't want to look at. I mean, still to this day, I'm still, you know, I go on healing journeys with, with psychedelics. Like I, you know, it's, it's hard to confront yourself in, in the in the complete truth of of who you are and and where you've been and and that you know so that that's a oh, yeah. that would be a major step for the the masses of of society and you know to to confront the inner demons to confront the the truth you know because because what we're seeing right now is the the resistance you know if you're having a a challenging psychedelic experience it's most likely because you're you're running from something or you're not you know you're resisting and what resists persists and that sort of thing so yeah, the, I I hope that there's more of an openness to um, other ways of 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 approaching life and and new kinds of healing modalities. Which is interesting because this this pandemic they've deemed certain businesses essential and you know other ones not. You know chiropractors, Reiki healing people, acupuncture non essential, right? But these are certain kinds of modalities that people feel gives them a sense of healing. Cannabis so shops are still open here, I'm pretty sure. That's so yeah, they're, at least they're, they're booming, here. baby. That's a, at least that's essential, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so one more thing I wanted to ask, though, before we get out of here. I don't want to take too much of your time, but um, your one picture I saw, you, you're in the, you've got Machu Picchu in the background. So is that, have you, were you there recently, or? I was there in, um... Uh, no, I was, it wasn't like two years ago. Okay. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah. Man, it was great. <laughs> yeah. It was, I love, I, I love Peru. You know, I lived in the jungle for, for a while. I mean, it's magical, absolutely magical living with the, um, the Shipibo people, uh, in the, in the Amazon is just a magical experience. And then going, Going to uh, Cusco and to the Andes Mountains and hiking through the mountains and then doing the Inca Trail up to Machu Picchu. Man, when I first arrived at Machu Picchu, it was uh, it was it was like it was like uh, the first time that um, the the main character gets to see Avatar, you know, from the sky. Yeah, like yeah. the misty, the misty. It was a misty morning, and the, they were. It's just uh, there's an energy to that place that is 
crazy too. It's yeah. it's did wild. You, did you have like a psychedelic experience like before or after that or relatively close to you being there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I drank ayahuasca like a week before, yeah. So what was that like to have that experience and go there? Was there anything like that came to your mind, like some sort of epiphany or just it was just like an all-encompassing feeling of being there, like an energy or? Yeah, there was an energy there was definitely a higher vibrational energy uh, there, and um, uh, it was very touristy. So there was that sure. kind of took away from it a little bit. But we did get there early in the morning, so there wasn't as many people. Um, you know, I I have a problem with like the the people that just want to go there and take the take the the classic picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hey, put it on my Instagram. So I would love to like sit on one of those stones and like meditate or something. You know. That would have been great. Yeah, I didn't do that, but I definitely contemplated and thought and walked around intently and, and taking my time. And uh, I was there for two days, so we got to explore the entirety of of Machu Picchu for two days. And man, I just thought this is this is like a portal to another dimension or something. Mm. Like I, I just thought like these these people knew something really prof like beyond the limits of what we're capable of understanding and measuring and quantifying in our time right now like that that was the thought that i had and uh and I, I i had some you talked about these experiences before too like i had this experience in ancient egypt while i was in on ayahuasca and i got the same sense there too that there some kind of like higher technology for lack of a better word that that these people had an understanding of how reality operates mm. and how the who we are and our place in the cosmos that that was the sort it was like I got an information download or something you know but I couldn't yeah. make sense of it it just was a feeling and int- intuition yeah that's always fascinated me too and I know a lot of people say the same thing as you and I think that um, maybe that that there definitely I think that there's something to that in the sense that. Um, you are going, well, you're there, you know, you are there at the exact same point, you know, where those people were doing it, not in time, but in the location. So you're talking about morphic resonance. There could be something to that. Um, but there also could be something, uh, to be said too, about what you were saying about having just some knowledge, some, some knowledge that we couldn't even fathom now. And I think that maybe, that would have to do with the fact that we use technology. We depend on technology. We do have all this time and space to think more and use our brains, which is like this amazing supercomputer, but it can also be used against us without, you know, we don't have complete control over it. Um, so when you look at what you were saying, I think that makes sense from the standpoint of um, there could be, I don't even know how to describe what I'm actually trying to say. There could be some connection to, um, like like almost like the many worlds thing where it's like you're in the spot and you know it's not again not in the same place in time but in that same spot where all those things are just around you and you're just not aware of there's something in the air or there's something uh, magnetically or whatever the case may be yeah, um, yeah. vibration vibration definitely I, I'm yeah I'm so glad that you you said magnetically I felt that I felt this magnetism you know, this, this sort of magnetic energy. People like say that pulling. about Egypt too. People that have been like to the top of the pyramids and stuff like that, that there's, and there's even some, uh, anecdotal, anecdotal evidence about a guy standing at the top and getting shocked from holding, uh, something up and kind of conducting that, that static that's in the air, that electricity. Um, so yeah, that, that's, 
definitely. As I was, was uh, wanted to ask you about it because I, I know anybody that I've talked to that's been to a, a real megalithic structure somewhere on Earth has had this feeling of like this energy, this almost like some weird energy that you can't really quantify or explain because it's new. Because you know, obviously, you're not like an archaeologist, so it's not like you're there all the time. So. Well, part-time archaeologist, yeah. like like Indiana Jones. I teach like an hour of class <laughs> and then jump out the window. Yeah. But yeah, the, I I uh, was recently watching this thing about uh, Dune. Are you familiar with Dune, the, the, the book and the movie? Yeah. Yeah, and I I'm not I have never read the book, but I I did watch the movie, and then I was watching this video because they're making a new movie, and they were talking about in the book that they had this advanced technological civilization, uh, but things got out of control. So they decided to like outlaw robots and all this kind of, they had like AI robots and all this stuff. So they, they outlawed it. And, and due to the fact that they outlawed this particular kind of technology, people's powers grew, psychic mm. powers and mystical arts like formed out of that. And uh, I thought that to be really, really, really interesting because I think about sometimes how we outsource all of our, a lot of our cognitive processes and things to the computer, to technology. We just kind of offload, you know, that. And is it so? It gets, it gets back to this question of like the middle way, the balance, the path of like how do we how do we utilize this cool stuff that we have, but we we also develop the the innate kind of human gifts that we're born with to kind of merge in this symbiosis of of psychic mystical spiritual technological development i think maybe that's what they figured out in some of these ancient civilizations maybe that's what they had going on they they figured out this balance maybe yeah. for a particular period of time no that makes a lot of sense and that's definitely something i've thought about in the past so i mean yeah i mean you all you have back then is to look up at the stars so you understand how the stars work you know, you understand how to maybe cut stone or different technologies with that. And then you kind of start putting the two things together and then that you start getting meaning out of that. And then it becomes like a whole thing and, you know, gets other people involved. I definitely think that there, that that's a good point. I, but yeah, I mean, just imagine if we didn't have any technology, just having to go outside, you know, at night with no light and just being able to see like every star in the sky, no matter where you are in the world, you know, Oh, it's a, it's a, I love that. You know, I, I, I oftentimes dream of leaving the, the city to have more of those experiences because they're so powerful. Hmm. They're, they're so powerful. Yeah. Oh, I'm fucked here because the glow of Chicago, there's a red glow coming off of Chicago. You can't avoid this thing. Just keep your eye open for the moth, man. Yeah. Hey, that's, you talk about Mothman. Remember there was all those Chicago Mothman sightings. Exactly. Now there's a pandemic. I'm not, you know, saying that there's any, but you know, the Mothman's associated with being a harbinger of doom. Yeah, I think I think um, you know what you said is is with the the red light and that kind of stuff. Like there is something that uh, you know Rudolf Steiner talked about this in uh, the the early 20th century about how the introduction of of technology was was decreasing the uh, spiritual accessibility for most human beings. We, yeah, he, he you does know, talk about that. Well, we already know yeah. that it affects your sleep, you know, if you're staring at a screen. So. We've done a couple because we do like themed episodes too where it's just us and I do like a slideshow where we talk about one specific topic. Oh, sweet. We've nice. done it. We've we got to do a Steiner one. Yeah, we've done a couple Steiner ones. We had one of our buddy's dads who knows a lot about like anthroposophy and stuff like that. Um, but awesome. that what you were saying, I do remember listening to a lecture where they were talking about, he even correlated it to architecture where 
you started with the Egyptians and then you started to like simplify these structures and then you get to the Greeks and you know, there's no ceiling where the, you know, and then they, you know, it almost like he went through like the architecture and like associated it with like spiritual development in a certain way. So that's an interesting lecture people should listen to. I think it's on YouTube. I think it's, um, I forget the name of it. It might be Egyptian mysteries or something like that. Yeah, and you're not so inspired when you go outside right now and look at the sky, but if you were in the mountains and you went outside and you saw the sky full of stars, something happens to you. It's different. Yeah. There's, there's, I get yeah, the chills so. when we go up north Michigan on our annual camping trip, and you can see every star in the sky. You can see satellites. I mean, you can literally see everything. You get the, Amazing. Chi- you get the chills. It's a nice like, little movie. This is, you know, this is sick. This is what I wish it was more of, but... Uh, Cool. We're working on it. It's coming. We're working on it, man. Well, let's wrap it up here, but I, I really appreciate you coming on. Anytime you want to come on, man, this was super fun. We could probably talk all night. You know, there's, like I said, there's a lot of crossover about topics that we talk about on our podcast that you talk about on your podcast, but also seems like we're kind of on the same page with a lot of this stuff too. So you're welcome to come on, you know, anytime or whatever. We, uh, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, likewise as well. So, um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, Let's let's rip and riff and jam some more. It was a pleasure pleasure meeting and talking with you guys. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Thanks for coming on, my man. Yeah, thanks yeah. again. And uh, yeah, we we can we can definitely dive a lot deeper. You know, it'll be oh, yeah. fun. Yeah. So, anything you want to plug? I mean, we got I've got your the links to your website and your um, uh, your, your podcast. Yeah, your YouTube below. Oh, YouTube. Yeah. I, yeah. YouTube's, uh, I, I don't really do much on there. I want to do more. So thanks for, for putting that there. But, um, but yeah, mainly, uh, the podcast is on, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, you know, all the podcast places, um, you know, Mike Adelic, uh, Mike Adelic underscore, uh, podcast on Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then I'm part of this, uh, group called isolation tank is a live streaming zoom show with, uh, People, uh, Michael Phillip from Third Eye Drops, Jennifer Sodini from Evolve and Ascend, um, Sophia Rocklin, uh, just a bunch of great, great people, uh, you know, in there. And so we stream live on Fridays at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 uh, uh, p.m. Eastern time. And that's on the DMT, the Spirit Molecule page and Evolve and Ascend. Okay. Uh, and it's great. Yeah, it's like a new project I'm really happy about. And um and uh, so, yeah, check that out. And uh, the Mike Adelic podcast, uh, you know, I'm doing doing things on there. And then I got a Discord server that I'm excited about. Nice. Building some community with my Patreon crowd and putting out bonus episodes, doing some more comedy stuff and things like that. And, uh, yeah, that's well, the link. I'll find your we, we just started a Discord as well. So I'll definitely check out your uh, channel. And, um, yeah, check us out. Uh subscribe to our channel like the video check us out on patreon at uh, patreon.com slash mike and maurice i just recently put some stuff up on there um and our website i'm actually going to be working on our website too i don't love it so that'll be changing soon maybe even a different uh url as well but um and uh yeah and we'll catch you guys next time we're going to get the super volcano one and i promise i know i keep saying it but we had, I had some stuff that working on big announcements coming up with that as well. Um, hopefully in the next couple of weeks with another project I've been working on. So check that out and uh, stay safe out there folks. And uh, we love you all. Thanks for watching. Peace. Cheers. Thanks. Peace.